welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Positively You podcast. Today's episode is very special. It's actually a recording of our January book club. So if you were unable to make it to our live meeting or didn't have a chance to read or finish the book, but wanted to gain some of the insights and takeaways that those of us inside the book club had, today is your lucky day. It was an absolutely amazing conversation. I loved every little insight and experience that the wonderful women who showed up brought and definitely wanted to share it here on the podcast with our Positively You community. So we're just going to dive right in. I hope that you really, really enjoy this episode and our takeaways from the January book, The Kindness Method by Sheru Izadi. Okay, I listened to I I cheated. I didn't cheat. I listened to it on Audible. Are you guys listeners or book readers? <laughs> I've been listening um because it's just easy. I work full time with four boys. Um mm-hmm. so it's just simply easier for me to listen on Audible like when I'm taking my 15-minute walk. So, um I've gotten to chapter 5 and I'm a little nervous to go too far beyond because I want to be able to do the exercises in chapter 4 right. and 5 before I keep and then I'll just get overwhelmed. <laughs> so, I kind of stopped right there. Thank the heavens that there is Audible now and ways to like listen to books because otherwise I would still be not reading any. So, <laughs> I'm so glad we have that. So Andy, you finished it, right? What do you mind unmuting yourself if you want yes, to and letting me know just like your overview and recap or thoughts now that you finished the book all the way? Yeah. So I read it all. I listened to it all the way through. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to it all the way through, not worry about doing the practices. And then I mm-hmm. was going to go back and do the practices. I'm hoping I was actually just going onto the Audible site because I meant to do this a few days ago, but I have not got around to it. Because sometimes if you go to the Audible site, they will have like the PDF, like yes, extra things. So I was hoping that maybe they had the practices attached there. I will yeah. look right now and see, have you guys looked? Does anyone know if they're there? I was going to say, I didn't look there. So Andy, if you want to look and let me know. But yeah, I'll I did- look and see, yeah. I did find them on Scribd and it has all of the um, maps out there. So you can kind of look at like her example maps and oh, everything. Since oh, that'd be they're awesome. In, they're in the book if you're reading them, but since we're all audible people, yeah. <laughs> um, that's how yeah, you can go ahead. It doesn't and find look those. like they're on the audible site because usually they're just like right there. It's like, yeah, yeah they're not yeah. there. So mm-hmm. I didn't see so. them, but yeah, Scribd has them. They're just behind, like, as you're scrolling down through the through the site, it'll have, like, an ad, and then it'll have a little 10-second countdown, and then it'll pop up. So they're all right there for you, um, okay. which I really liked. And then there was a couple, honestly, if you, if you Google, like, the Kindless Method PDF, there will be some that pop up of just examples. But I kind of also like not looking at examples because I feel like sometimes – I use those and then get into my head of like the things I'm supposed to write down and stuff like that. So 
use it a little bit, but also if you just listened and go back and push pause and then write down the things that she tells you to write down, you'll be great. So (laughs) yeah. Okay. So besides that, Andy, you went through, listened to everything, other immediate thoughts or as you're done, like what's your recap? Um, it was a really kind of an interesting take on changing habits and kind of be, I loved how she just made it. So you're, you know, we always want to jump ahead to these like massive goals and, you know, like immediately change everything about ourselves. And I like how she breaks it down to like, let's start with this little tiny baby step first and then master that and then move on. And then also really understanding what's driving us from like those backslides. That was the biggest thing is like, yeah, it's like, let's get real clear about why this isn't sticking and why you continually make the same goals over and over again and have to start all over again. So I loved that. I thought that was really cool to kind of dive in and be like, okay, what is it really? That's like, what are those triggers of like, you know, especially when it comes, I love that, you know, everyone is thinking about losing weight this time of year, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was good to like, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. Like, I know if it doesn't really for a while, like I knew uh, donuts were a trigger food for me. I can't eat them anymore because of the gluten, but like for a while, like anytime I ate a donut, it was like, I couldn't just eat one. I was eating half the box. And then I was like, oh shit, I just screwed it. Like might as well just like let, you know, like just go hog wild. Right. It was just like a a gateway drug for me, if you will. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it was interesting. I'm going to cut you really quick because I want to please piggyback on that. When she talks about, I don't know where everyone is if you haven't finished the book all the way, but she talks about the difference between a lapse and a relapse. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's like exactly what you're talking about when it's like, oh my gosh, I just had this donut and now I had this one and this one and this one. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm all the way off the train. And that's like a relapse where you go all the way back to the beginning instead of just letting it be like a lapse of like, okay, cool. I just had a whole bunch of donuts great like great <laughs> and not uh, letting it terrible yeah. yeah and so i really i really liked that obviously a lot of her book focuses on she deals with a lot of people like trying to um get sober and like alcoholism and then her personal thing is like food um but obviously you can take everything in and take yeah. that but relapse is a big word especially in like the alcohol world um but i really really did like that just perspective change of relapse versus lapse. Like we're all going to have lapses in our life. Like we're just, we're never going to be on a straight trajectory upward and forward. It's just not how life works, but we're so funny where like we make all of these like little mistakes or little like steps off of our path mean so much more where it's like, we'll burn the whole house down. And just like that shift alone of like, okay, cool. I stepped off for a second, right back on. And it doesn't have to be this like whole big deal. Yeah. You know? That was a that was a big chapter for me. I don't remember what it chapter was. it was, but that was a good yeah, one. <laughs> I don't remember either. But I was like, and I used to say this all the time too when I was was coaching people. I'm like, just because you got a flat tire doesn't mean you're gonna go slash all three. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's so a just, really you know, good one. I'm gonna steal fix that. the tire and get back to it. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, I actually, Andy too. I have here's my little notebook of notes. I love it. Um, I should take a notes because they're so good. But I was usually listening to I was like why I was like doing my red light therapy. <laughs> Do really you know how notes. hard it is to take notes when you're listening because you push pause and then you try to write as fast as you can? And 
This I, is I almost went book. and got the physical. Yeah. I almost went and got the physical book on this one. Cause normally I'm like, I listening is great and I don't need the physical book, but I feel like this one, you kind of almost want the physical book. Yeah. Well. I, it's one that even now that we're done, I still might go back and get because yeah, there's so many Agreed. things I want to go back through and highlight. Um, so if you do have that, you have it, Valerie, you have the physical book. I do. I do. I, I vacillate back and forth between audible and a physical book. Yes. But when I saw that you were, the book club I was like I think I need to get the actual physical copy yeah uh, again sorry I'm not done with it ladies but um no. I will be but um I do I'm such a visual person but audible has been great because I love to get my movement in so I go back and forth <laughs> usually yes yes yeah. and I love the audible especially when it is the author reading it me and Andy already talked about this how we like oh. her British accent and her different words like eight stone I'm like I don't even know how much eight stone is but good I, for I, you I for googled, losing it I googled it <laughs> one stone is 14 pounds people oh wow so she lost a lot of weight she lost a oh. lot of weight yeah I, I immediately googled it Okay, of course you did. That's that's incredible. Because I'm like, cool, eight pounds. Nope, eight stone. That's huge. Time. So it's eight stone. So eight, eight times fourteen. Like, that's like at least eighty pounds. So none of us that's are going to do that math. It's over eighty pounds. I know. Like, it's over eighty pounds. Not that quick. <laughs> I'll Google it, but I won't do the math. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. Um, but I did write something down from chapter. I think it was in chapter two because that's what I wrote. But. It said, in the context of changing habits, being kind to yourself is remembering at all times that you deserve to live your best possible life. Um, and I just like that. I liked that it was these, Andy, like you said, we try to do these big overhauls and I like that it's just this little change. And so often when we make those changes, we come at it of a place, especially like New Year, like you said, New Year's weight loss is on a lot of our minds. I don't know what everyone else's goals are. We can kind of talk about that too. But so often we come at it of like this change of like wanting to like, oh, I don't want to be that anymore, right? Like it's this thing. And instead, just even that shift of like not moving away from something, but moving towards something is such a like a tiny little shift in your brain, but has a huge impact, Um, which is like a big reason why I was drawn to this book. Can I tell you, by the way, the pressure it it is, and it's like totally self-imposed pressure to pick out a book for everybody to read. Cause I'm like, what if it's bad? I'm what if sure. everyone hates it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm glad that there's been, you know, there was things I loved about this book and there was things that I was like, yeah, I'll throw that out. I don't really need that. Um, but yeah. Okay. So I don't want to monopolize. So anyone else where you're at, anything big that stuck out? I know if you haven't finished the book already, you've still got a lot of good insight. Um, so feel free to jump in and then I'll post some more questions in a second if anyone wants to share. So I got to, um, just on Audible, I got to chapter five, which I think is the, the um, I think that ways we're, I'm we're happy to, to be. <laughs> ways I'm happy to be. Yeah, that's yes. it. So yep. I, um, I had gotten to there and then, like I said, I kind of stopped because I was like, I really want to do these. And I hadn't really thought about just listening to the whole thing and then doing the exercises later, Andy, which was like a good idea. So I suppose I can always do that. So um, I, at this point, have been doing a lot of work with regards to like habit changing because um, obviously I feel like most of us, and especially being like a full-time working mom of like four boys, um, I am synonymous. I'm just so bad at 
and I know I shouldn't say it like that, but starting something and then just not following through and then getting really, really upset with myself because I started something and then I didn't follow through. So I'm really trying to kind of like lean into that and figure out exactly where my holdups are. Um, and there were so many aha moments from the book that I have kind of started applying just to even other people's other people in my life. Like for example, the Overeaters Anonymous, when mm-hmm. she, because at first when she was saying like, oh, this is a lot about addiction, I'm in psychology, right? So I addiction is kind of like my damn too. Like I thought I'm understanding what you think. Um, and then when she started saying like Overeaters Anonymous, um, and she said, but they are the only type of addiction that you still have to expose yourself to the addiction. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's mind blowing to me because I feel like a lot of the times when we're trying just to abstain from something completely and not fall off that like mine is sugar, like my crux is just sugar. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. from it. Really. So, um, and so then I was kind of like, okay, well, that makes sense, right? Because it's still, it's not as easy as maybe, and not that it's easy, but but it's not as easy for me, especially since I have four young boys and we kind of use food as a way of connecting with each other during family dinners, um, family movie time, right? That's huge. Like I'll make these fun little, you know, like scavenger hunts for us. And then we'll have like Sundays on Sunday, right? Sugar, sugar, sugar. And then she kind of talked about a lot, which I know from psychology, but she had reminded me of um, finding a competing behavior so that you don't necessarily feel as though you're missing out. And then that just kind of proves to be more successful. So instead of sitting there eating a whole Sunday (laughs) on Sunday with my kids, um, I suppose like I could just do something that's even a little bit healthier. Um, And so there were a lot of those little aha moments where I thought, that's right. This is like simple and it's not, again, not super simple, but this is everything that you learn in behavioral psychology, competing behaviors, addiction therapy, all of that. So there were a lot of really aha moments. And I called my husband and I'm like, you have got to listen to this book. I'm like, it's amazing. I've had so many like pivotal, like, oh my gosh, moments. And the way from the psychological perspective that she is working with her clients mm-hmm. with regards to behavioral change was like, Again, I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many people I know that would benefit from this type of of work. Whereas yeah. sometimes I feel like it becomes more clinical, whereas she almost takes like the functional medical practitioner approach of like, we're going to get to the root of really what's, you know, going on there. I thought that it was really interesting in the book when she was working with her therapist and her therapist said, well, like, what if you just never lose weight? And she was like, outraged by the mm-hmm. fact that of course I'm going to lose weight. But what she was trying to say was don't wait for your life to start. You can, you can still go on dates. If you're not at your ideal weight, you can still, you know, borrow coats from friends if you're not at your ideal weight. Um, so that was a really good, like aha moment for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And I love the the insight that you have from like the psychology standpoint. What I loved about this book so much is that she, and she says this multiple times in it, is that, that this isn't like the plan for your habits. It's like that structure behind it because we have all, and that's why this one was so different from a lot of other like self-help books we read because the other ones have like the tangible steps and the things you need to do and follow X, Y, Z, you know, and stack this habit on top of this habit, but then we fall off and it's like, well, why can't I keep doing the habit? 
where this is like the behavior change behind before you even get started on the habit. And I think that so often that's what we're missing. Um, And so this has been really cool to be like, oh, let's read this before we jump in and make the plan. Like this helps you make the plan and then come back to the plan when you inevitably veer from the plan a little bit. And did your podcast yesterday, Jesse? I listened to it, and was was it her? Oh, I'm blanking on her name. She was wonderful. One hundred uh, days. Okay, that, I was like, yeah, Kelly France. One one goal for a hundred days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the one goal for a hundred days. And didn't she say something like, "You have to have uh, the vocabulary is escaping me." Executive functioning at kids and age. I don't know what's going on. You're good. But she said, like, you have to, you have to kind of have a prep week where you just take an entire week like to prep, which I Mm -hmm. feel like was almost reinforcing like this book because she was like, you don't, you're right. Because she said several times, if you're anything like me, you just want to jump to the mapping, but you need to kind of do the work before you get there or you're just going to get the same results. Um, So I did, I loved that part of it because I think that the reason that we're probably all reading it is because we're ready for like a, like that's like a change. Um, and so that was something that I never did. Like in, in my experience, I've created a vision board, (laughs) but I never really took much thought to say what happens like when the kids all have the stomach bug, Yeah, what happens? What do I do? How do I keep myself on track with that? Um, and so that, that the moment of preparation and I've never really done the prep work needed, I feel to, to really kind of lean into like my, my changes. So that was really like mind blown moment. Yeah. I think so many of us don't do that prep work, right? We, we wait and wait and wait until we're at that point of, we're so frustrated that it's like, we're going to change. And so it's like, you throw everything out. We do, you know, the juice cleanses and the 75 hard and all of the things, because we're so at that point where we're frustrated that we don't give ourselves that grace and compassion to set the foundation. We're just like, I don't want to pour the cement. I don't want to put in the supports. I just want to build a stupid house. And then the house falls down, right? Because we didn't do that. And so I think we're not alone in skipping that part. Um, Orientation week is the verbiage that she used for that first one. And I liked that because (laughs) she gave your, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, she, um, gives herself like permission as she sets a new goal to kind of like try it out for a week. Cause so often you like hers was that she wanted to run a a half marathon and then got like planning into doing it. And she's like, I actually don't want to run multiple hours a week. Um, The goal was a shiny goal that she thought she wanted and then didn't and giving yourself room to kind of like test it out um, was kind of cool. And I think it brings in that compassion of being able to say like to walk back right? Like sometimes we say a goal, we proclaim it because we're told that we need accountability. So we need to proclaim it. And then when you fall off, you're like, I can't walk it back. So um, that was a really cool kind of compassionate thing to be like, oh, actually maybe this, this isn't it. Or maybe I need to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, Anyone else who is either finished or has had an insight somewhere where they're at, um, hop on in. Sure. Val, I want to know where you're at, like chapter five or Chelsea. Chelsea, have you finished or are you still in it? I'm on chapter 10. Okay. So So you're close. (laughs) I'm like, I'm listening. So I I didn't (gasps) see how chapters there are, how far, but um, some insights that 
I've had and it, it I love has actually coordinated with what I'm discovering in counseling right now is um, I have this core negative belief that I'm not deserving. And I realized that it was impacting, I, I didn't realize how it was impacting my goals until reading this book. And, um, you know, talking, she talks a lot about weight loss and stuff. And I realized that the majority of my life, you know, up until this year, I, I held on weight and, and I kind of knew this before, but I love that this book just reiterated that and, and just helped my brain understand it in a different way as well of like, I was holding weight on to not only help me feel, keep myself safe, but I didn't feel deserving enough to let go of that weight and shed mm. that weight. And, um, and so the, I can't remember what exercise it was. Anyways, one of the exercises I was doing in the mapping, I, I realized, oh my goodness, it, that key component of feeling like I am deserving of those goals. And, um, I, I can choose myself rather than everything else that gets in the way. Right. Yeah. And so that, that Jaha moment that I had of like, okay. Um, and, and now I get to focus on continuing to heal that. And, um, but being mindful and aware that that's there, it's helping me acknowledge that when that comes up, um, and helps, um, what does she call What does she call it? What instead of like falling off you guys were just talking about it, uh, but, lapse and relapse. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just being able to, instead of totally letting go of your goal and, you know, falling apart, being able to jump back on and be like, no, like, yes, I, I fell short at today or whatever, but you know, I can, I can hop back. On, yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, I really like that. I also, as you were saying that it, it reminded me of um, Trina, something you were saying as well, when you're like, I start things and then I don't finish them or start things and don't finish them. Not to plug my own podcast again, but I did an episode about this a little bit ago about um, giving yourself credit for the, the 30% that you do, right? Because sometimes you you didn't complete it 100%, but you also didn't do zero. And I think oh. so often we think that sometimes where it's like, okay, I did have proof that like I got started. I do have proof that like I can hold up so I can do it and focusing more on the fact that like I can do it. Like, yes, I fell off, but I did get started and I did go farther than just zero percent. And we don't give ourselves that credit sometimes. And I think if, if we can start noticing those wins more than the negatives is a huge shift. We I mean, we know this, we know it's not all or nothing. We know it's progress over perfection. We get this message pounded into us, but it's so hard to break. Um, and I think that that's important with those oh. lapses and with those relapses, right? And Chelsea, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for that like aha moment that you've had. That's such a cool moment to feel. I mean, it's kind of hard sometimes when you realize that that's the way you've been talking to yourself or treating yourself that you're like, ouch, I wouldn't tell someone else they're not deserving of something. Right. But when you can have right. that moment with yourself to be like, I deserve this, like, oh, it's a beautiful moment. So I'm happy you've had that aha moment for yourself. 
Yeah. Um, I also just re-listened to chapter 10 with where you're at and chapter nine and chapter 10. Chapter nine is conversations about me and chapter 10 is someone I love. And the maps, if you're not to that point yet, is conversations about me is kind of where you write down the things that you're saying to yourself all of the time. And she does a thing where she calls it the paperclip challenge, where you start your day with like, a, I don't know, 30 paperclips or something. And then every time you say something negative or just whatever conversation you you have about yourself, you you make a notice of them. And then the next map is someone I love. And it's the things that you would say to someone you love about their goals or when they fall off and things like that. And then you compare the two and how different that can be to have how self-deprecating and how mean your conversations about yourself can be versus the ones for someone I love. And then taking those and being like, hey, how do we like make this one more this one? <laughs> um, and uh, she had, I'm going to pull out my notes again. <laughs> three words that I really liked were investigation, observation, and curiosity. And I think that that's what this whole method really is, is it's more awareness. It's more conversations with yourself and not letting these just be like these background conversations that we have that we don't even like subconsciously really subscribe to, but really stopping and being like, whoa, that was a mean thought that just came through my head about myself. And instead of making that mean something, just getting curious about it and being like, why did I just think that really like mean thought about myself instead of just being like, that's a true thought. Anyway, it's given me so much to think about. I love this book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Chelsea started doing the maps. Um, Valerie, have you done any of the maps yourself? Are you working through it as you're going I, through? Or are you kind of just jumping in? I'm just jumping in ladies. But I have to tell you, like everything that you girls are saying, I it resonates so much. I am such an all or nothing person. So I know that this book is going to be so beneficial for me because um, and I do have like an addictive personality, not with like addiction or anything like that. But I'm just such a go getter. But I haven't I never lay that foundation, Jesse. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm always like, let me just have the house. And then obviously, if there's no foundation, it's never going to actually uphold right so that's why like um and i'm everyone else's cheerleader so when you're just talking about like that map with the paper clips and all that i really need to do that because i definitely am hardest on myself more than anybody else i like think so many wonderful things about so many people and really really need to like dive deep into why i'm so hard on myself and not on others um yeah like really, really implement and do all these maps because I know like I'm taking a deep breath because I know it will be so, so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, as we were, as I haven't done the maps yet, because I did the same thing as Andy, where I just kind of wanted to get through the book and then go back and do them. And so I pulled up the PDFs. I kind of wanted to go through. But as I was listening, there was a couple of them where I was like, I don't want to do that map. Like that doesn't sound good. It's kind of the ones that were like, <laughs> Like the snapshot letter even of like, you know, or what happens if you don't change what hasn't worked. And it's like kind of more like negative, maybe it's like really shining a light on not like just happiness. <laughs> and I was kind of like, ah, maybe we'll just skip that map. I don't really want to do that. And I had this thought of the difference between nice and kind. And yeah. being nice to myself would be just like ignoring those. Like, we don't need to talk about why I haven't done it. We just need to focus on like where I want to go and what I need to do. 
And I just kept having this like thought about the difference between nice and kind. And nice is when, you know, you let yourself off. You say, I deserve, you know, whatever. It's okay if I fall off the wagon. It's okay. Like you just are nice to yourself. And kind is having those hard conversations sometimes, is shining the light in those shadowy areas and really looking into like, okay, why do I keep restarting at this? Or why can I not like stay on this? And so like kindness can sometimes encompass those like hard conversations and not feel very nice in the moment but like kindness is pushing through and really having those conversations with yourself and really being aware and being open to like looking at you know your flaws and looking at your temptations and your triggers and all of those things that you might just want to be like no 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 we're just gonna put rose-colored glasses on and go through our life and be all happy and set this like cute little foundation um it really is we have to kind of do both and i did feel resistance to that at first where i was like that doesn't feel very nice because it's not it's kind it's not nice yeah (laughs) that makes a lot of sense yeah But I think the kindest thing you can do is look at those things with grace, with Mm -hmm. compassion and be like, yeah, I mess up here. This is the big place where I fall down. But how can I see that through the lens of being kind? And how can I see that differently and pivot and give myself grace so that if this happens again, it doesn't unravel everything? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think that um, oh, Brene Brown says, this is, it makes sense in my head where I'm going with this. Okay. <laughs> Brene Brown says clear is kind and that's in like communicating oh. with others. But I also think that that's in looking at yourself because in order to get clear on everything, we do have to, you know, turn over the rocks and look in the closets and the shadows and the things that we don't want to and have those conversations. That's where we can get that clarity. Um, and that's where that kindness comes in. So sometimes, it's hard work. Um, and, you know, we we just, like we've said, we want to just jump in and go 100%. But the kind thing to do is really slowing down, taking that time. Trina, you mentioned like, you know, if the kids all have the stomach flu and the things that I can do, I, I talk about this all the time. Probably if you listen to the podcast or anything, you know that I'm always like, make your goal smaller, make it smaller, make it smaller. Because <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. what can you do every single day that you can hit those things so that you're building that confidence and that you're um, continuing to go? And I think that she's even talked about that a little bit in this book of like, you know, what's what's that like baseline thing that you can do um, so that you're not completely like having lapses and relapses? Um, Okay, with the kindness method. I had a couple of book recommendations. Well, not even a couple. I had one other one that I'd read a couple of years ago that I really loved um, that I'll share. I'll put it in the chat too. It's called Good Morning, I Love You. My therapist recommended it to me and I absolutely loved it. It's a book on self-compassion. Basically, the premise is telling yourself good morning, I love you every morning. And then obviously there's a whole book written about it, but that's like the main thing. Um And this has nothing to do with the book that we've read right now, but I think that that is incredibly a really cool practice um, of saying, just looking at yourself and telling yourself that you love yourself. You don't have to come up with like any crazy affirmations. You don't have to come up with anything. I know affirmations, especially for me, sometimes they can feel very fake um, or like, I don't believe them. And so it's just kind of like, Hey, I'm doing this silly little practice because they told me it would help. And, and then it doesn't, um, 
just that simple act of just saying, I love you. And if you don't believe that, saying, I want to love you. I'm working on loving you, right? Meet yourself where you are at with that and and feeling it grow. And then one day you'll wake up and be like, I love myself. What? And it's like super <laughs> cool to like see, see those things come in. So kind of an off topic thing, but I wanted to share that book. It was really, really good. Um, if you're looking for more of in the same kind of vein of self-compassion and kindness towards yourself. So yeah. Any other insights from anybody or want to share, hop in. So the only um, other insight that I wanted to share that I had kind of when I was reading the book along the lines of the whole self-compassion, Jesse, that you were just talking about and that Chelsea was kind of touching on um, was that in a way, okay, so just in taking the self-compassion, like full throttle, sometimes I don't always feel as though it's our fault, like speaking from a psychology perspective that in a way we are so negative to ourselves because I feel like if you are negative to someone in your life. So for example, if you walk up to your best friend and you're like, you look fat in that dress, there is a, there is a consequence for that, right? Like a very natural consequence. She'll probably get really angry with you and she won't want to be your friend anymore. Right. Because you are a jerk to her. (laughs) But when we do that to ourselves, it's up to us to provide that discipline for ourselves, right? Which we don't do. And so we aren't always aware and we don't always have an immediate like feedback loop of, okay, I just said this negative thing to myself. And so maybe in a couple of days, we'll experience like stress and anxiety. And so sometimes I feel like, especially like depending on what generation you grew up in, it was a lot of like school of hard knocks, spare the rods, spoil the child. So we learned in a way and not by any fault of necessarily society or our parents. I feel like everybody is just really doing the best they can. But I feel like we learned that the way you change behavior is to be negative. And right now, like in psychology and for years and years and years, and especially in education, there's this big, big push between like, you know, positive behavior, right? Positive behavior and implementing that and focusing on the good. But for a while, it was all well, this, you know, bad things get get bad things and good things get good things. And so in a way, I kind of feel like it's no wonder that we're all walking around here saying, I look really fat in this dress because we're probably, we're trying to change our behavior in our minds. It's, it's a negative thing. And we're not giving ourselves consequence. Like, Oh, I just said something bad about myself. I'm going to go put myself on timeout for five minutes. Right. Like we're not giving ourselves, there's no, we're not really seeing that negativity. Um, And so I kind of had this aha moment where I was like, well, if I want to take this compassion completely, it's almost like, it's no wonder that everyone is walking around here just being their own worst enemy. Um, And, but I feel like acknowledging that and kind of understanding that has almost given me a little bit more of an insight into like, okay, but now we know what we know. And once you know something, you can't unknow it. Right. Right. So now we kind of try to do better. Like maybe this is what I was brought up with or you know, however you were kind of parented or, or whatever happened. Um, but that's, there's just so much data and research saying that that's not really the best way to change behavior and that there's a lot of other good ways to do it. So um, that was the other insight that I had. And as a matter of fact, I was saying to my cue-mate this morning because she made a really derogatory comment about herself. And I was like, now, would you say that to me? And she's like, of course I wouldn't. And I'm like, why? 
And she's like, well, because I won't want to hurt your feelings. And I'm like, ah. And I'm like, and why won't you want to hurt my feelings? And she was like, well, because, you know, obviously I won't want to hurt you. I love you. And I won't want you to stop being my friend. And I was like, aha. So there's the consequence that would be rendered. But we don't have that as a form of like self-discipline. So that was another moment that I had. And I'm like, aha, this is all making sense now. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that insight about those. Yeah. Those consequences. And she kind of talks about that a little bit with the paperclip challenge where she's like, you transfer the paperclip. So you like that you're having a visual. So you'll get to that. But again, it's not like a consequence of like, you're not going to, you're going to lose a friend or you're going to have someone talking bad about you or, or, you know, that's a really interesting thing. I think it's also cool to kind of dive in to be like, okay, there's got to be a consequence though. Like I might not notice it. It might not be that like I've lost a friendship, but like there is a consequence there of me talking negatively and like, what is it, you know, and diving into that a little bit. That's really, really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I had another insight while you were saying, oh, yes. Just acknowledging that like that's the world that we've grown up in, right? It's so much easier to find those negative things. I had the visual of the movie Mean Girls when they're all standing in the mirror and they're like picking apart herself themselves and she doesn't know what to do. And she's like, my like, I don't know, what does she even say? They're like, my nail beds suck, my, my hips are- <laughs> Oh yeah, my breast she's stinks like, in the morning. Breath. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's just kind of what it reminded me of where like, it's, it's almost like a connecting thing, right? It's easier to connect with each other about our frustrations and our problems, even like just in our day to day lives, like, oh, you know, life is busy, life is hard, you know, even we were doing this just very like, we've all got four kids, like, instead of being like, life is amazing, I feel so good. We're just, it's so much easier to kind of go towards those negative things. So like you said, Trina, it's no wonder that we have a hard time with this because it's so like subconsciously ingrained in just how we live. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That negativity bias that we all just, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. ingrained within us too. That's like part of us when we were like cavemen and cave women, that's how we survived. And now we just have all of these instincts, but like no place to apply it. And so changing that behavior is um, difficult, but I feel like hopeful, I think. Um, And I feel like too, if you're able to kind of make a tribe um, of people that are very like hyping you up and almost kind of like holding you accountable, like, Hey, now is that any way you want to talk to yourself? Because, (laughs) you know, you'll be seeing a consequence of that or whatever. Um, I happen to have a really, really nice, wonderful group of people that I've met actually through work that are just like the kindest, sweetest people. And we'll come together and say things like, we are so glad, like we'll complain about things like the weather or, you know, something or whatever. But um, all in all, there's a lot of ways that we all kind of put out, point out the blessings in others. Um, And I really have never had that experience before prior to coming here. And so now that I do, um, it's just amazing um, the way that that connection can kind of af- affect you if you kind of surround yourself with with people who allow you to kind of see like the light, you know, in your life, which is difficult to do because then I don't think that you want to take on like a, a positive, you know, like toxic positivity role and be like, oh, well, don't worry about that because your life is wonderful and look at this. So there's always that de- very delicate balance that you kind of have to strike. With, with others between validation, but also seeking out the blessings. It's, it's tough. It's not easy to do. <laughs> None of this is easy to do. It's all difficult work. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's all difficult work. And I would say, but it's all work that is worth it. You know, um, yes. it's so worth it to sit here, even though sometimes it's, I say this all the time. Annie knows this because I've said it to her before where I'm like, I would just like to go back and be like naive and like not know and just like go through life really easily. Once you start having these like uh, conversations with yourself and you start becoming more aware and you start like noticing those triggers a little bit quicker, it's, you know, sometimes it's you're like, I just I wish I didn't actually know that about myself. I'd rather just like, you know, zone out and whatever. Um but it's it's worth it even when it's hard and that's part of why i wanted to have this book club trainer like you're saying you've got a group of people around you and work and and things like that and the more that we can cultivate these good environments around us not just within us um i think is really imperative so i wanted to say thank you to those of you that hopped on today and read the book and wanted to be part of this book club thank you for hanging out with me again today i'm so glad you pressed play if you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jesse, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.